Welcome to the Milestone Church Podcast. We have always believed that a multi-generational church, one where old and young alike build the kingdom of God together, is one of the greatest expressions of the heart of God. There is something powerful about the younger generation using their gifts in the church to glorify God. Join us this weekend as we highlight our next-gen ministries and all that God is doing in the young people of Milestone Church. I tell you, it's pretty easy to preach after something like that. Can we give it up again for our Milestone Kids team? That was amazing. So amazing. I want to welcome you again to Next Gen Weekend. And for those joining online, thank you so much for being here. This is such an exciting weekend. We look forward to every single year. It's probably my favorite weekend of the entire year. And I know I'm partial working in Next Gen. But I hope that you experience today really a showcase of one of the things we're most passionate about, and it's investing in the next generation. It's, it's something we model, it's something we believe in, it's, it's something we're passionate about, and we can see on display this weekend the fruit of investing in young people and, and pouring into them and allowing them to, to live out their God-given calling at a young age, and it fires me up just to be a part of a church like this. If I wasn't even on staff, I'd just love to be a part of a church like this because it's so powerful. Well, if I haven't met you yet, uh, my name is Jesse Wagner, and I have the privilege of being the student pastor here at Milestone. And, and what that means is I, I get to lead our Elevate team here and work with middle school and high school students. And, and I love get, uh, getting the opportunity to create moments for your students to encounter Jesus. And, and, and not just encounter Jesus, but I love just even the, the, the chance to set up processes for, for discipleship and, and for students to, to get in relationships with each other and, and gain mentoring relationships with, with leaders in their life. And, and I love what I have the opportunity to do here at Milestone. My wife and I, we've been a part of the church here coming up on five years. And, and I remember when we first got exposed to Milestone Church, when we first learned about Milestone Church, we, we got... Uh, really connected with Pastor Tyron and Betsy Caswell here. And, and our first time ever joining or, or being a part of and visiting Milestone was at a fall retreat five years ago. And, and as newly married couple, we started to pray and ask God to plant us in, in a church. And, and we had just a, a sense and a vision in our hearts of the type of church we wanted to be a part of. And, and we couldn't even fully put it into words. But when we came to Milestone, God started revealing and speaking to us, this is exactly what I have for you. We got connected to the team here, and it was just a couple months later that I graduated from Oral Roberts University, and, and, and we moved down here. We moved from Tulsa, Oklahoma, down to Keller, Texas, to be a part of this amazing community here. And, and I got to tell you, we love being a part of this church. We, we've loved just, even as newly married couple moving here, building our, our marriage here, started, started having babies and building our family here. I even brought a picture of my, my two little kids. I've got got two kiddos. This picture was taken just this weekend. We got little Eleanor. She's two. And my son Titus um, is uh, turning one next week. And so uh, it's, it's a lot of fun in the Wagner household these days. But I got to tell you, I, I love serving the students in this house. Parents, I, I love serving your kids. I love seeing God work in their lives. I, I love seeing them engage in divine relationships. I love seeing what God is able to do in the heart of a young person who is fully committed to him. And it's our privilege and our honor that, that our whole next-gen team gets to be a part of every single day in and day out, week in and week out, we have a passion in our hearts to serve your kids. 
And from the very start, I just want to say to you parents, especially for myself being over our student team, parents of middle school and high school students, it's an honor to partner with you as parents. I, I don't have teenage students yet, but, but it's an honor for me to be able to partner with you as parents to be a voice in their life. I want you this morning to uh, turn your Bibles to Psalm 144, and we're going to get there in just a few minutes, a great scripture of a promise that God has for us, uh, for your kids. But I love serving in student ministry, and I feel like it keeps me young, but um, uh, with a lot of things that I love, there's one thing that I hate, and the one thing that I hate is the moments that I talk to teenagers and realize I am getting older, Okay. Uh, parents, you can probably relate to this. Sometimes you talk to your kids and you're like, wow, we are a part of a different generation. Now, I'm 28 years old and I might be younger than you, but I still feel old to these students sometimes. I like to think that I am young. Um, the problem is I like to think that I relate to them, but sometimes they don't always feel like I actually relate to them. And so, you know, I think this comes across in like movies. I might be talking to a student about movies and, and my favorite movie growing up was a classic comedy called Three Amigos. Steve Martin, Martin Short, Chevy Chase, amazing movie. But this movie was made in 1986, okay? I'll talk to some students and they're like, I didn't even know there was movies in the 80s. That's like the dark ages of these students, okay? It doesn't relate to them. And don't get me started on language. Like if, if I start talking to a student and I use a phrase or a word that's out of date even by a month, it's like they've written me off as irrelevant for forever. It's, it's, a, it's a lot of work keeping up with the latest language that students use these days. But when I really feel it, when I really feel this sense of I don't relate or connect to students, uh, it's in regards to my sleep schedule. Okay, I've got to be honest with you today. I am on what I like to call the senior citizen sleep schedule. This means that my preferred bedtime is around 9 or 9.30 at night, and I like to wake up about 4.30, 5 in the morning. And, and I remember uh, conversations with a student over quarantine, and I had this thought of, wow, I am really old and I don't relate, when I realized that I'm waking up the time that he's regularly going to sleep, okay? <laughs> How many parents know your students staying up till like 5, 6 a.m. in the summertime? Then I started talking to more students. It wasn't just a one-off issue. It was like every student I'm talking to is going to bed the time I'm waking up, and I'm like, I don't relate. You know, I think it's common to find ourselves at times struggling to connect with students in different ways, and, and I know this can especially be true for you as parents, sometimes you might turn around and look at your kids, just wake up one day and think, who is this alien species that's, that's living in my house? How do I connect or relate to them? And my heart for you today, parents, is, is to help you connect with your kids because it is common to feel disconnected from them. And maybe you're an empty nester in here. Maybe, maybe you don't have kids. Maybe you're single. I believe that this message actually is for you too. I believe it. Why? Because we as Milestone Church, and you're seeing it displayed this weekend, we're a multi-generational church. We're a church that we believe we all have a part to play in the next generation, okay? We say in Milestone Kids that, that you don't have to wait to be great. I'm thinking, actually, we might need to start like a senior citizen ministry. Milestone Kids, you don't have to wait to be great. Milestone Seniors, it's not too late to be great, okay? We all have a part to play in the next generation. But... If we're being honest, it's challenging for us at times to connect because kids today have a greater opportunity than ever in feeling disconnected. There's more options today to create distance. 
There's, there's of course, technology that creates a distance in our kids. You know, and, and just doing some research, um, as, a, as a student pastor, our student team, we try as, as, as best as we can to be experts on this generation, on Gen Z. And as we look at this generation, there, there, are, there are about two-thirds of families, as studies show, that don't have any screen limitations on their kids. By the time an American child reaches the age of five, more than 50% of them are regularly interacting with a phone or a tablet. By middle school, teens spend on average more than six hours a day on their phones. This technology many times can create a distance and, and, and make us feel disconnected from our students. Another thing that makes us feel disconnected oftentimes is even activity. And sometimes in an effort to try to fill their schedules, we realize that filling a schedule full of activity doesn't actually create the connection that we want it to or that we desire it to do. And then just to be honest, we're fighting culture. Nothing in this world is going to push students to honor and respect their parents. There's nothing in this world that's going to push students to, to value God's word and value his church. So it's an uphill battle that we face, but I'm here to tell you today that I believe it's possible for us to see victory. Jesse, you're like, okay, I, I get it that there's a problem, but if I can urge you parents listening today, I wanna, I wanna urge you with something. Change your mind before pain changes it. Decide in a moment like today, I'm, I'm gonna change my mind, I'm gonna change some things about how I'm parenting before pain changes it because as I've known even in my two years of parenting, there's no pain like kid pain. I know this in my own life and, and I know by talking to many parents in this church, there's no pain like the pain that you go through when it happens with your kid. I, I met a family just a few weeks ago who experienced some of the, the biggest pain of their entire lives, a family who suddenly their 19-year-old passed away. And, and, and they reached out to me, can, can, you, can you help us? We're, we're hurting. We have a 15-year-old son, and in that moment, I was able to connect with him and take him out to lunch and start processing what's, what's going on in his life. Realized he never even given his life to Jesus before, and in a moment of, of lunch at Chipotle, able to, to lead him in a, in a salvation prayer as he gave his life to the Lord. And let me tell you, let me tell you, parent, as a student pastor, that's what I'm committed my life to. I've committed my life to helping students in this community, in this church, parents, families in this place, overcome those, those painful situations and be there for you in those times. But I believe this, that in light of the problem that we face, I wanna look at a promise of God that he has for our children. Psalm 144.12 says this, then our sons in their youth will be like well-nurtured plants and our daughters will be like pillars carved to adorn a palace. A well-nurtured fruit is something that's, it's fruitful. A well-nurtured plant is something that's fruitful. It's something that brings joy. It, it brings life. It's life-giving, sons that are life-giving. And then the daughter is a, is a pillar, a carved to adorn a palace. A, a pillar holds weight. A pillar is something you delight in. Fathers delighting in their daughters and, and the beauty in who they become. Being able to carry weight as, as they get older. But these things we all are learning don't just show up overnight. <laughs> Plants take watering. 
They, 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 plants have, need a good soil. Plants, they, they need to be tilled. They need to be tweaked. And, and pillars, they, they need to be built. They take time. There's cracks and pillars. You gotta, you gotta patch them up. You gotta dust them off. You gotta, it, it takes management. It takes work. But I, I, and I say this because, because maybe you're in here and you hear this promise from God. You're like, Ryan, that is powerful. But I don't see my son as a well-nurtured plant. I don't see my daughter as what the Bible's described. I, I, I see the promise, but I got a problem. It's not my reality right now. And we're here to help you. We're here to help you get to that promise. We're here to help you get the promise in God's word to be your picture. That's what we're here for. And I know it's challenging to connect with, with youth today. I know it's tough. It is hard. It, re, it is really challenging. You know, we're all busier than we ever have been in, in years past. We're, we're all busy. Students today, they've got everything that they want at, at their fingertips, at their, at their thumbs. Attention spans are, are dropping. The average attention span of American today is eight seconds. The average attention span of a goldfish is nine. The snack that smiles back has more attention span than we, than we do, y'all. I'm telling you. Man, kids, students, they take in information at 30-second sound bites. 65% of homes don't have any screen limitations on their children. When kids are, reach middle and high school, 50% of those children spend more time on social media than they do with their own parents or teachers. It's, I, I get it. We see the challenge. We know it's tough. And I know you're, you may be like me. You read this Psalm 144, 12. You're like, praise God, I want this for me. And you're, but you're asking, I read it. And I wish you would say, well-nurtured plants, uh, a pillar to adorn a palace. Here's five ways to get it. Come on, somebody. It's like, we're like, how, okay, so like, how do, I, how do I do that? And so today, what we're gonna spend our time doing is taking biblical principles, taking a promise from God, and experiencing youth ministry to help you connect with your kid. And here's the thing that I know. Working with teenagers for the past eight years, there's a lot of pain in the world but there is no pain like kid pain. There's no pain like kid pain. We know this. We know how much you love your kids. We know how much we love your students. We love your kids. We love your students. God cares about your kids. And maybe you're in the room today and you're thinking, are y'all about to talk about another message about kids? Man, how does this impact me? I'm, my kids are grown up. They're older. They're out. They have their own family. They move 20 states away, you know, like they're, they're far out. What about me? What about me? Let me tell you something. We sang this song, I don't have to wait to be, it's never too late to be great. It's never too late to get in the game. It's never too late to put on a jersey and get on the field. It's never too late that, that maybe God can, can use you to raise up spiritual sons and daughters, that there is a second chance, that you don't have to wait, it's, you haven't missed it, that there's still an opportunity. If that's you in the room, I want you to know that, that it's not too late. And so here's what I want to do. I want to, I want to spend the next, next amount of time we have here today to hit five ways to help you connect with your kid. Five ways. Number one, model your faith. Model your faith. 1 Corinthians 11, one says this, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. What does that mean? Do what I do, don't do what I say. <laughs> do what I do, do what I'm doing. Model your faith. Paul's telling everyone, hey, leaders go first. For me, I grew up in church. I mentioned earlier, I grew up in church. Um, when I say I grew up in church, I literally didn't have a choice if I was going to church. I had a drug problem. 
my parents drug me to church. Like, I did not have a choice. The, I, the only choice on Sunday morning I had was you get to wear slacks or khakis. You pick. And that's it. Like, shorts wasn't an option. Like, I didn't, I didn't get a choice. And I remember I sit there in church in the church pew. Anyone remember church pews? Sit there in the church pew. And my mom, bless her heart, love her so much. She's incredible. I would sit there. I'd act a fool. That's what we would say in church. I'd act up. And I'd sit there. And she'd reach over and give me the good old classic mom church pinch. Come on, somebody. And that would make a, drone ma- a grown man fall to his knees. Like, it would hurt, y'all. She pinched me. And I remember I kept act. I would always act up. And I didn't want to be there. She had to pull me out by my ear all the way from the sanctuary into the lobby to go physically discipline me. And this was the first time as a kid I saw the women's restroom. And the first thought I had and I said to her is, y'all have a couch in here? Are you kidding me? It's crazy, y'all. But I grew up in church. I still had those moments where I had to process like, what is this? What's going on? But here I am today. I'm on a church staff. <laughs> Here's why I say that. Is I love God and I love church because my parents love God and they love church. It's because I saw them do it. It's because I saw them take those steps and it made me want to take those steps. John Maxwell says that you teach what you know but you reproduce who you are. My parents were reproducing this, this love for God and his church. If you want your kids to display the characteristics of Christ, it's it starts with you. If you want them to display it and walk it out, it's gonna start inside the house. They wanna see you do it so they could follow suit. And let me make this easy. I wanna make it real easy. This is why you should get a United Guide. On your way out today, grab a United Guide. Let your kids see you go through the book of Ephesians together. Sit down at the, at the dinner table, open it up and do it as a family. Practice your faith together. The second point is this. You gotta meet students where they're at. You gotta meet them where they're at. My kids, they're still young. uh, And so their world, you gotta get in their world, their world is donuts, all right? And so we do donuts with daddy every Friday. That's what they're passionate about. You You wanna get some donuts? Yes, that's what they're passionate about. But you gotta find a way to get into your student's world. Uh, I know through, through quarantine, we were trying to figure out, man, how do we get into students' world right now? Where are students at? And if you have a middle school student, then you're going to know your students are on Fortnite, okay? <laughs> You've probably heard of that before. And so we're thinking, how do we connect with students? And so the challenge, everything was online. What are they into? They're into Fortnite. What are we going to do? We're going to start a, a middle school Fortnite small group, all right? And there's no better way to be humbled than getting on Fortnite with some middle schoolers and getting absolutely dominated, all right? I wanna give a shout out to a parent. There's a parent, Brad, and he has a son, Reagan. And Brad was trying to get in his son's world and figure out, man, what is my kid into? And so they did an awesome weekend together. And then at the end of it, Brad asked Reagan, Reagan, what do you wanna do? Reagan's like, I wanna play some Fortnite, Dad. And so they played Fortnite until 2 a.m., all right? God bless him. But he was getting in his kid's world. And so it's different for everybody. I try to find a common ground with a student, find out what they're passionate about, and just let them talk about it, all right? So you find out what's your kid into. What do they like to talk about? You may not understand a single word. There was one kid in my small group, Reggie. Reggie loved like uh, anime cartoons. And, and I talked to Reggie and I was just like, man, tell me about it. And he, he'd go into detail. And then on our small group, he ended up pulling out a sword. He had a sword on him. And he's, he's like, check out this sword, Luke. And I was like, Reggie, that's so cool, man. 
And Reggie loved it. He was talking about his sword, and I was genuinely interested because I love Reggie, and I, wanted, I want the best from him, and I want to hear about it, and I want to get into what he's into. So he's showing me his sword, and I'm like, Reggie, that's great. And so it's, it doesn't matter what they're into. It just matters that you're trying, and it's not easy. It's going to require sacrifice. But students, they want to see, man, do you care more about me than you do your work project? Or me about the hobby or the thing that takes up time? Do you care more about the relationship with me? And that's all students want. I would just say to you, don't quit pursuing. Keep pushing into it. I'm thankful that I had men in my life like Pastor Tyron who did this with me. I was not the ideal student, I'm sure, that Pastor Tyron was hoping for when I walked into Milestone Church. He's like, God sent an athlete. God sent somebody that's, you know, uh, you know, play sports or something that can win somebody to Christ. And, and I come in wearing skinny jeans. This is 15 years ago, okay, before skinny jeans were cool, all right? He'd never seen skinny jeans. He were like, where are those? I was like, well, they're my sisters, okay? It was, it was a little weird. <laughs> But you know what? God had a plan for my life. Thank you, Jesus. And so <laughs> Pastor Tyron pushed into it. He got to know me, and, and, and thankfully he helped develop me into a man of God and, and helped me discover God's call in my life. And that's, that's what God wants to do with your kid, too. So push into it. Find what they're into. The third point is this. You have to push past rejection. Push, pa push past rejection. If you're a parent, uh, I think everybody's experienced some level of rejection, all right? Even as a, as a parent of young children, I'll, I'll ask Winslet or, or one of my kids, hey, can I pray for you tonight? No, I want mommy to pray for me, okay? I don't love you, daddy. Oh, wow, that's heavy, okay? We don't, we don't say that, all right? But everybody's experienced some level of rejection. And I think it probably just compounds or it gets more challenging as the students get older. And the real hard part is if you don't know who you are in Christ, if you don't know who you are in Jesus, then you're gonna take that rejection really personally. And you're gonna find it really challenging to, to not just wanna be your student's friend, but to be their parent. And, and that's a hard, it's a hard thing, and as I'm, as I'm learning, I don't have it all figured out, but I'm learning, man, I can't, just, I can't just look for affirmation in my kid because then I can't challenge them. Then I can't really mold them into all that, all that God has for them. But there's rejection, and it'll sting a little bit. And so you have to push past rejection. What students really want they want parents to fight for them. They want, they want to know that, man, even as I'm pushing my parent away, I can remember as a kid because a lot of the pain that I experienced, whenever I hit those high school years, I was, I was pushing away my parents. I didn't want to have anything to do with my mom. I didn't want to have anything to do with my dad. And so I'm so thankful that she pushed past that rejection. She prayed for me every night. She has the journals of her praying for my sister and I. And even as we would push her away, she would push into a relationship with us. And that's what I really wanted to know. Does my parent care enough to fight for me? Me. Students hurt because they've been hurt. Maybe, they, maybe they've been hurt at school. Maybe they've been bullied or they've experienced hardship. And so oftentimes they're still trying to decipher and figure out these emotions and they're trying to push back. And what they really want to know is that you're stable. You're not going to move as a parent. You're not going to be phased. And you know what I'm thankful for is that Jesus did the same thing for us. He, he was rejected. He experienced pain. He experienced every hardship. His own disciples, his closest friends rejected him, yet Jesus still went to the cross and died for them and died for us. And so if he can experience that rejection, then I know I can too because I'm, I, we know who we are in Jesus. That's another great reason to go through the United study and, and learn about who you are. So push past rejection. My fourth point. You gotta empower honest conversations. Open the forum to receive feedback. How have I hurt you? You better get ready though, because it's gonna sting a little. <laughs> I do it all the time with friends of mine, and I'll ask them, hey, 
what did, what did you feel whenever I said this, you know, or what do you think I've, I can be working on? And they'll let you have it. They'll give it to you straight. But the thing is, the relationship after that goes to a place it couldn't have gone to otherwise. The level of, of closeness that you'll have with your student, if you open up that forum and you just take it on the chin whenever they give it to you and you grow from it, from it your relationship's gonna grow from it. Saying I'm sorry, I was wrong to your kids, one of the best things you can ever do. It's, it's gonna stand out huge to them. It, whenever my dad did it, it stood out to me. I'm 23 years old and I'm talking about it. One of the things I immediately fell in love with at Milestone is that they partner with parents to put on VBS, camps, retreat, fifth and sixth grade camps. I've worked at several different established summer camps before coming to Milestone. What I love about what Milestone does with camps and retreats, we take your kids, we take away their phones before they get on the bus. They really, some of them try to hide it, but we're like, hey, give it to us, you know. They get on the bus, they go to a camp, they go into a cabin with students that are their age and their similar seasonal life where they experience healthy, authentic relationships. They have a small group count, a small group leader for the weekend or the week. And they experience a moment with God they wouldn't have otherwise experienced because we took them out of the environment they were in. We surrounded them with people that needed the same thing that they needed and we put them in the situation that God was gonna give it to them. Bottom line is your kids are gonna be honest with somebody. You wanna be honest with somebody that doesn't know left from right, you don't know what they're gonna tell them, or you wanna want them to be honest with you because they feel empowered to do so. You gotta open the door for it. Your kids aren't gonna be honest unless you let them. I think something that's really important is that we, that we have multiple anchors when we're raising our kids. What, what's, what's multiple anchors been? I don't know what that means. Multiple anchors is how many people do you have speaking into your child's life? How many leaders are leading your child right now? Are they coaches? Are they teachers? Are they ministers? Are they mentors? Who's speaking in your child's life? And think about multiple anchors that you may not realize is you're securing multiple anchors in your kid's life whether you know it or not. Whoever you're inviting into your relationships, you're inviting into your kids' relationships. They're gonna have voices in your kids' lives. So you have to be intentional about who you're inviting into your home and into your, your sphere as far as who's gonna be an anchor for your child. My best friend, uh, Cameron and Katie, they, they, uh, they, I've known them forever. And we, we've known, like, I mean, we put, my wife and I, we put them together. We've been friends since high school. We've gone on vacations together. We've been at each other's weddings. They just finished a whole wing to their house because they, want, they, they actually have already fostered a kid. They're about to foster another one. They uh, eventually want to adopt some children. And I will tell you, I know already that that's gonna be an anchor. It, she, he, they already are an anchor for Truett. I know if I send her over to their house that she's gonna walk into a biblical environment where, where the, there's love that, that um, is being, being communicated. I know that there'll be Bible scriptures up on the wall written in chalk for their kids. I know that that's what my daughter's gonna interact with. And here's the deal, he's an architect like she, and, and she does design work. They're not, they're not pastors, as Pastor Jeff would say, you know, they're, they're not professional Christians. These guys are real Christians. They've taken upon themselves to, to be intentional with their authority in Christ. And they wanna raise a biblical uh, family. Another experience that I've had 
this is me personally, when I think of anchors, is my father-in-law, Steve Purdom. You know, so there was, there was a moment where he, he and my dad, they were really good friends. And uh, eventually I kind of looked and I was like, oh, this daughter's kind of cute. I think I might take her out on a date. And it was our very first date. And I remember this, I mean, to this day, it just, it's burned into my brain. And we're walking out and, and, and Steve looks at me and says, hey, what time did I tell you to have my daughter home? I said, 11 o'clock, sir. Okay, you do that, all right. So we go on, we have our date, we enjoy ourselves. We get back to the house, it's, uh, we, we pull up into the driveway and we're sitting there and it's 10.58. Oh, I got two more minutes, this is great, 10.58. This is, I'm, all right, so we'll have a conversation, we have a conversation. 10.59, we keep the conversation going. I'm gonna milk every minute I can. You, know, you guys know what I'm talking about, right? I'm talking in your realm. You know what I'm saying right now. 11, 11 o'clock hits. I walk her to her door. I mean, no sooner the, it switched to 11. I open the door and uh, there he is standing there. My father-in-law has this look. I call it the mafia look. If you know this look, you know this look. Oh boy. He said, what time until you have my daughter home? I said, 11 o'clock, sir. What time is it? 11 o'clock, sir. He looks over his shoulder. Not by my clock. His clock says 11.03. He actually collects clocks. He has several clocks, and they're all analog clocks. <laughs> so he gets to set them by his time frame. But guess what? In that moment, my, it, it, it was burned in my brain. Oh, I will never do that again, let me tell you. And there was a moment where I respected him for who he was, and it anchored something in my heart. And to this day, as a dad, that's what I'm gonna be for my daughter. And my, what I'm privileged to have is, so we call him Poppy and Kit Kat over here, that, that's their grandparents' name. And, and I know that, that Poppy and Kit Kat will be anchors for my daughter. And, and guess what? All around here, we're talking about raising we're talking about uh, raising up plants that we need to have well-nurtured plants. We're talking right here, by God's grace and the faithful stewardship of ministry in this place, you have rich soil right here where we can, where we can raise up some good plants, some rich nurtured plants, and there are gardeners all around this room. There are anchors in this room for you. There are ministries here with pastors who have a passion for your kids. They're anchored, they will be anchors for your children. There are Steve Purdoms and there are Cameron Culvers in this room. Look to your left, look to your right. You may not have kids, you may be an empty nester, but you have a, you have a place in this room, in this spiritual family. You are a part of this plan. And as we raise our kids, we're gonna raise the next generation. And guess what? What we saw here today, that's the future of the church. I don't know about y'all, but I'm super excited about what we're experiencing. I have, I have a, a friend, um, she and I are in Milestone College together. Her name's Lindsay. And I wanna share this story with you. I'm going, we're gonna watch this for a second, but she, she walked into an environment where she started recognizing these anchor moments and people who are ready to anchor with her. And so I just want you to take a look at this really quick. The lie that I believed was that I was unlovable. I was always really confused on the character of God. All of my life, I felt like he was never with me. I didn't want people to see the struggles. I wanted them to see this strong, well-rounded girl when in all reality, I was just like crushed because I didn't know what to do. 
and I didn't have that many friends and I was longing for people to open up to and for people so that I wasn't alone, but I couldn't find that. I was like, if the Lord really loves me, why would I be going through this? Why would he allow me to go through this pain and this suffering? And that sent me into a season of searching for people who would embrace me and love me for who I was. And then I heard of this revival going on with the football players and baseball players. And I was like, hmm, interesting. I think that I wanna go <laughs> to Elevate now. <laughs> and so I started going to Milestone. I started coming to Elevate and I was plugged into this small group with these amazing girls who accepted me as I was. And I was like, I think this is what relationships are supposed to look like. They were talking about the God that they served and the God that they loved. And I was like, I've never seen that. And they're like, well, here, here's how you walk that out. That's what I never had in my life was like how to walk out that relationship with the Lord. No one had ever shown me. It became so much more for me in that moment. It became spiritual family. Just hearing that relational part of the Lord, it's like, okay, Lord, I want this relationship with you. I want to be close to you. I want, I want you to help me bear these burdens because I can't, I, I can't carry them on my own. There was a sense of security that just surrounded me and it was like this peace that I'd never felt before that just came over me. I, I was like, this is, this is the person that I want to surrender to. This is the Lord that I want to surrender to. He's not the distant God who didn't care about me. At Rev Camp, I felt this call in my life to be a worship leader, and it really just led me to Milestone College. Just being able to find that spiritual family in my class, to have friends who are running towards the same things that I am, has been so special. And to see like the heart behind it all, the heart behind, you know, we want to be with you, we want to help you, we want to serve you, has been so amazing. I'm really excited for growing in relationships that he's planted me in and growing in my calling as well. And it just makes me so excited to see how much further he's going to grow me. Like I can't imagine what what he has planned for me, but now like that's exciting for me. Like not knowing is the excitement. Church, this is what we're gonna be a part of right there. Isn't that amazing? As a young person who, who has a genuine encounter with Jesus, has a heart change, starts developing the, the gifts that God's got in her life and starts walking in what God has for him. And maybe you're watching today and a story like that could even seem far off for your family, for your kid. I wanna encourage you, every single person in here, whether you're a student, a parent of a student, God's got a call on your kid's life. And, and the call may look different than Lindsay, but, but God's got a specific call on their life, and it's our passion, our desire to help them discover that and walk in all that God's created them to be. Let me pray for you this morning. Jesus, we thank you so much. God, we're just honored that we get to be a part of what you're doing here, specifically in this church, Lord God, at Milestone Church in Keller, Texas, and, and beyond, Lord God. We thank you for the honor of raising up spiritual sons and daughters to be a part of your spiritual family here, Lord Jesus. God, I pray for every parent in here 
that you give them grace and vision and faith to, to be the parent that their kid needs. God, for those who are, who are not parents or for those who's, who are empty nesters, God, would you give them vision for what you have in store for them right now, what their next step is to play in, in raising up the next generation because we believe we all have a part to play in raising up sons and daughters. God, I pray that you just fill us all with, with vision and passion, Lord God, and desire to help young people walk in all that God has created them to be. We thank you so much for what you're doing here in our young people in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message. If there's anything we can do to help you in your walk with Jesus, please don't hesitate to reach out through our website at milestonechurch.com. And if you found this podcast helpful, leave a review on the podcast app or your favorite podcast platform. We hope you have a great week.